1: We've seen the future of banking regulation, but what about the future of your mortgage? Is it time to get out of defensive shares and into luxurious cyclicals? And we answer the question that all savers are asking, how do I get more than 1% interest? All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleagues from FT Money, Charlene Goff, Hello. Alice Ross.
2: Hello.
1: And Elaine Moore. Hello. So let's start then with the money news. Earlier this week, the chairman of the Financial Services Authority, Lord Turner, announced his proposals for improving the regulation of banks. In a 122-page document, he set out new plans to curb banks' ability to take excessive risks by forcing them to hold more capital and increase their holdings of liquid assets and cash. But in and amongst these pages was news of a review of mortgage lending practices to be completed by September, which will consider limits on the maximum loan-to-value and loan-to-income ratios offered by lenders. So could this mean that anyone currently borrowing more than three times salary or 90% of their property value will be unable to remortgage later this year? Charlene, you've had a look at the... Turner Report, perhaps not all 122 pages, but certainly the pertinent bits for mortgage borrowers, Um, is there a danger that there could be caps on mortgage lending?
3: Well, nothing's happening at the moment. Uh, Like you said, there's another review uh, which will be published in September uh, which will give a bit more detail about plans for the mortgage market. The FSA has said that it will look at loan-to-values and it will also look at loan-to-income, so the amount that you can borrow in relation to what you earn. So they're the two main factors it's assessing. And yesterday it really just laid out the pros and the cons of imposing kind of caps so it is well aware of the problems that might be triggered by those sorts of caps which could exclude a number of buyers from the market particularly first-time buyers who really do need to borrow either at a high loan to value or a high proportion of their income and it could also uh, bring serious problems for for people who already have mortgages who would need to refinance. You know, if they were suddenly facing these new caps, they could run into problems there. So I don't think the FSA is going to bring anything in that's too draconian, but we will have to wait until September to find out.
1: So do you think there's no real need for anyone concerned about the sound of these proposals to go out and remortgage now necessarily, that they should still be okay after September?
3: I think they should be, but you never know. You know, there might be something brought in 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 September. I mean, one idea that's been muted is that they might bring in a cap on joint income. I mean, the idea that three times a single person's income, that would be really too stringent. And actually, that's a lot lower than we've seen in recent years. I think the average um, of a single person's mortgage is is roughly sort of four times their income. And you really need that to be able to buy anything. You know, but if you are a couple, it might be worth bearing in mind that you might get a cap on your joint income. And we could well see 100% mortgages excluded, but then you can't really get those anyway at the moment. So really, the message is no no need for panic. But if a good deal comes along in the next six months that you can afford, it would be a good idea to take it. Um, the other point to bear in mind is that more stringent requirements for banks to hold capital could well mean that they've got less money to lend out. So that could reduce the number of mortgages we see in the market, you know, when, when banks start rebuilding their their reserves. So, you know, that could be an argument to get in while you can.
1: And uh, are any commentators looking at the knock-on effects on the housing market, potentially? You've mentioned that first-time buyers might fall foul of any cap on income multiples. and um, could that mean that house prices have to fall by more than people expect?
3: I think there's a feeling that any formal cap would be a big problem for the housing market because it would seriously reduce the number of deals that could go through, which would have a knock-on effect and would bring prices down more. So there is a, a feeling, and you know, especially mortgage bro- brokers have voiced some quite grave concerns about that, that so, you know, it would probably cause prices to fall quite a lot further. And, you know, we really don't need that now. They've fallen far enough, I think. So let's hope that that doesn't happen.
1: Let's, let's hope that indeed. And just finally, um, looking at the, the other side of the book, if you like, uh, savings accounts, if banks have to hold more capital, have, have more cash, basically, will that make savings safer?
3: Well, it should mean that banks are more resilient and more robust, which is a good thing, and should mean that savers have greater confidence in banks. So, yes, it could mean that their money or, you know, at least they feel that banks are a bit, are a bit safer. And as we know, you know, the confidence is a huge issue. Um, another good point for savers is that the requirement to hold more cash – means banks have to get that from somewhere so you know that we could see some quite attractive new savings rates coming out in the next few months to attract retail money in because banks have to rebuild and you know get get a lot more money on their books and a significant proportion of that is likely to come from consumers so we could see some some quite nice rates um, or better rates anyway coming on the market in the next few months.
1: Better rates would certainly help, and we'll have more on that a little bit later in the show. But for now, thanks very much, uh, Charlene. And for more on the FSA's proposals uh, and the best long-term mortgage deals on offer right now, have a look at FT Money inside this weekend's FT, or go online to ft.com forward slash money. Remember that you can also send in your mortgage questions to be answered by experts by emailing us at our new address, money at ft.com. Now, whisper it quietly, but since the 9th of March, the FTSE 100 index has risen by almost 10%. So could this be the beginning of the stock market recovery that Star Fund manager and FT Money columnist Anthony Bolton was calling last week, and that Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke hinted at this week? It's probably far too early to tell, but it's not necessarily too early to pick cyclical stocks that are likely to recover faster than others, which is exactly what Alice uh, has been doing this week. Um, Alice, why are some fund managers looking at cyclicals and seeing opportunity?
2: Well, firstly, I think it's probably important to say that there's really not a consensus yet in the market that there is going to be this upturn. It's still very uncertain. Nobody really wants to call anything right now. So bearing in mind this this idea that people could still be getting this wrong, um, what people are trying to do rather than call the bottom of the market is look at stocks that have all performed really badly in one particular industry or one particular sector and kind of say – all the share prices of all of these companies have gone way down, which ones are going to be best placed to outperform when the stock market does start to rise. So they're not necessarily saying it's starting to rise now, but they're just saying uh, which ones are in the best position to rise when it does and kind of thinking about taking an early position in those stocks.
1: And in terms of looking in bombed-out sectors, I mean, they're rather spoilt for choice, aren't they? (laughs) Uh, Are there any particular sectors um, that fund managers are um, currently sort of picking over?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, the cyclicals are the focus right now. I should probably say what a cyclical stock is because it's a bit technical, but it's um, a company that's kind of linked to uh, consumer spending, really. Um, so it's often contrasted to a defensive stock, which is something like water or telecoms or healthcare, which are um, things that people always need even in a recession. So those tend to do well in a recession, basically. And cyclicals tend to do less well. And we've definitely seen that because um, Defensives did brilliantly last year and Cyclicals did really badly last year. But what we're now seeing is this kind of turnaround. Um, Defensives have been losing some value this year and uh, Cyclicals have actually been doing a lot better. The FTSE 250 has been outperforming the FTSE 100 this year and a lot of the 250 index is made up of Cyclicals. Um, So the main areas that fund managers are looking at are retail stocks, leisure stocks, even housebuilders. Um, Nobody was touching those with a barge pole last year, but even those, some people are starting to say maybe we could um, take a punt on a couple of those.
1: So um, can you give us some examples of, um, let's take the retail uh, stocks that you mentioned, that fund managers consider to be better positioned for recovery as and when it, it may occur?
2: One stock is Halfords, which produces a lot of um, maintenance equipment for cars, because what people are actually doing at the moment is not buying any big purchases like cars. Car sales have gone down, as we know. Um, Instead, they're looking at kind of improving existing things that they have and buying windscreen wipers and stuff like this. So Halfords is is doing quite well out of that. Um, Another example is HMV. Uh, Now, that's an interesting Story because uh, some of these stocks are being bought because one of their competitors has gone out of business. So HMV started to do very well at the end of last year when Woolworths went into administration because Woolworths owned Xavi, which was a big uh, producer of music as well. So everyone kind of looked at that and thought, well, who's going to benefit from this? We think HMV, so they started buying HMV, um, and that would actually be a good tip for this year. So if you see a company about to go bust maybe slightly cynically one thing you could do is think well who are its main competitors and who's going to get that market share that's now basically up for grabs.
1: Which is a, a good stock picking approach generally. In the intro I I mentioned luxury goods companies. Now you wouldn't necessarily think of these as being the ones that are well positioned in a recession right now but presumably there are some that are looking good for the future
2: yeah i mean uh, there's two reasons why the luxury brands might do better one is because they have these really high margins anyway because they just charge so much for their goods so they kind of have a bit of cushioning to fall back on at times like this so even if their sales are hurt a bit it's it just won't have the same effect the other is that a lot of the luxury companies like all cyclicals really have been massively sold off so fund managers are starting to think some of these companies have been sold off indiscriminately they've just all been sold off so the question is are some of them looking discounted kind of cheap gucci for example is one where gucci's looking looking cheap the stockers maybe (laughs) not the actual sunglasses um but yeah so so things like that abercrombie as well is is one that people have been looking at burberry as well
1: So we could make some luxury purchases in the not-too-distant future and uh, see the the value of the stocks, at least. Appreciate in the future.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Alice, thank you very much indeed for that. And for more on cyclical stocks uh, that are better positioned for recovery, as and when it may come, um, you can read Alice's article in this weekend's FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, a question that continues to vex many of our listeners How can you earn more than 1% or even more than 0.1% interest on your savings? Elaine, last week in FT Money, you explained how only savers who are tying up their money for two years or more could get close to an interest rate of, say, 4% on cash deposits. But this week, I think it's emerging that only savers with large lump sums can expect that sort of rate. So uh, how many hoops do we have to jump through in order to get a decent rate?
4: It's a really interesting place at the moment, the savings market, I think, because on the one hand, you could say that savers are getting some really good deals. If you have the Bank of England base rate at 0.5%, it's quite incredible that you can still earn more than 4% on your savings. But what's emerging is that not everybody can earn 4% on their savings. It looks like if you don't want to leave your money untouched for a couple of years, and if you have less than around £30,000, you'll be limited to some of the lower savings rates accounts.
1: And that's really quite a high cut-off, £30,000 in order to get a reasonable return, and lots of people won't have that much um, cash on deposit. I mean, are are there any... um stunningly bad examples of of rates that are offered.
4: Well, what's happened is that as the base rate has come down, savings providers have brought their interest rates down in line, but a lot of them have left their minimum requirements still quite high. So as well as some of these fairly good deals, such as Abbey, which is offering over 4% as long as you've got this... £30,000. We've also got some accounts that are offering you 0.5% interest on your money and requiring you to put £50,000, £55,000 into that account. So these accounts are all over the place at the moment.
1: So what do you have to be in terms of a saver to get the best possible rates? Obviously someone with a lot of patience to put your money in for a a long time and somebody with quite a lot of money to start with. Um, Any other requirements?
4: We've also seen some research that shows that uh, if you're over 50 you can get some of the best rates around one in five of the best, the top five savings deals the last six months have been only available to those who are aged over 50. So the very best deals are there if you have around £50,000 and if you can leave that money untouched for three or four, even five years Halifax is asking for. But we should say that this is not the case for all accounts. There are still some good accounts around if you've got about £1,000, you can go to ICICI, the Indian owned bank, you can get 4.18% on that. So that's great.
1: So it is still possible to get a decent rate and of course ICICI is covered by the financial services compensation scheme? As they are always
4: very keen to stress, they are covered by the compensation scheme even though they are based abroad. Because they operate in the UK, £50,000 of your savings will be covered.
1: So at least some hope if you are a young, cash poor, impatient saver. (laughs) And you can get details of the highest paying accounts in Elaine's article in FT Money this weekend. And remember that if you have a question on savings or anything else, just send it in to us and we'll try to answer it on the show. Just email us at the address money at FT.com. But that's all for this week's FT Money Show. We'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But in the meantime, you can read the latest news every weekday on our website, FT.com forward slash money, and listen to audio podcast updates. Throughout the week. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Charlene, Alice, and Elaine. Goodbye. Goodbye.
3: Goodbye.
0: Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor. What's a mistake they made that changed their approach? And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts published by American funds distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials. You'll want for your next getaway like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus